Engaging Leader, Episode 208, Saving Face, How to Preserve Dignity and Build Trust, featuring Maya Huchan. Brought to you by the team at Workforce Communication. Find out more at workforcecommunication.com. Leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. To be a leader who truly engages the hearts and minds and behaviors of your people. You have to authentically connect with them on a human level. You've heard the phrase, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Well, in today's age of connection, that's what I like to call, uh, well, not just me, but several uh, thought leaders today call this era that we're in the new age of connection. And in this time, in order for people to trust you, to be open to your influence, and to be engaged in the team's mission, you have to earn their trust. And you do that by consistently proving that you respect them and care about their whole being, including their dignity, their pride, and their reputation. I've been reading a fascinating book that applies universal concepts learned from centuries-old wisdom from Asian cultures to this new environment that we face today in our global, ever-changing world. And today I'm excited to introduce you to the author of that book, Maya Huchan, who grew up in Taiwan and has spent the past couple decades living in the U.S. and providing executive coaching for leaders all over the world. Maya's newest book is Saving Face, How to Preserve Dignity and Build Trust. She's the founder and president of Global Leadership Associates. She's a globally recognized management consultant, executive coach, author, and speaker. She's trained and coached thousands of leaders from Fortune 500s and nonprofits all over the world. Um, she was previously an anchor for the China Broadcasting Corporation in Taiwan and the CEO of a nonprofit organization in California. Maya Huchan, welcome to The Engaging Leader. Good morning. Maya, uh, what do you mean by face? Jesse, face is a universal concept and beyond its origins of Asia. And so it permeates almost at all levels of social and business interactions. So when you hear somebody say something like, well, it's not about the money, it usually has something to do with face. So the definition of face is that it represents your self-esteem, self-worth, reputation, your status, dignity, and pride. And so it's very, very important uh, for a person to feel like they the face that they deserve and also rent face to, to show respect and to show appreciation. So, um, you know, face, this concept of face is, is thousands of years old, but it's new again at our time right now. Um, and face enables us to make connections with people and to break down barriers and to build some trust and authentic relationship with people we work with and with people that in our community. So it really speaks to a deeper need for connection, acceptance, and also the way that we grant dignity and respect to one another. 
You mentioned Asia, and I know you grew up in Taiwan, and you've been in yes. the in the United States since the 1980s. Apparently, it's it's a it's a concept that translates to the U.S. It's it's a it's probably a global issue these days. Absolutely. You know, I have um since I grew up in in Taiwan that I um of course um was emerged with um, all the Asian culture, and uh, since I came to the U.S., I've worked with global leaders around the world for 20 plus years. And, you know, over the years that I work, when I coach leaders, that I often find that I share with them this concept of faith. And it's so essential to their leadership. And, but often it's counterintuitive and people don't realize how important it is until they, they face some challenging situations. And then they look deeper, they look closer, and then the leaders discover that this is so essential is to be able to understand how to protect faith, how to honor faith, and also how to avoid causing someone to lose faith. So then they can really truly build that uh, empathetic and authentic relationship with people. Does, the, does it come more intuitively in, in certain Asian cultures? You know, when you uh, grow up, you know, when I grow up in, in Asian culture, that this is something that we practice every day, right? And then it's like fish in the water that you don't realize that this is something that seems to be everywhere. And that's how people live, how they interact with each other, and, um, and then how they build relationships. Um, so, you know, I think this is really permeates in, in, in many, many in everyday lives. Uh, and it's not any particular culture, but I think in the in that in in the in Asia Pacific region that people are particularly mindful and uh, about this concept of faith. And you you notice that actually people may or may not say this word faith in other cultures. Uh, but as I work around the, the globe with global leaders, I've noticed that you know when it comes down to building relationship and working with people and motivating teams. And, and you know, you have to really hone into making that connection and think about how do I show up as a leader and how do I communicate? And also how do I help people protect face so that people feel safe and then they feel that they can be themselves and then they will be able to do their best work day in and day out. So that's why I realized that I've discovered and learned over the years that this is not just the Asian concept. This really is universal. Yeah, and you mentioned it comes up a lot in your work as an executive coach with leaders around the world. Why is faith so important when in the context of leading a team? You know, um, that's a great question. In today's leader, um, the leaders that we operate in a very complex and diverse business environment. So we have to work with people um, not only across geography and time zones, but also we have to work with people with diverse backgrounds, different generations, different cultures, and different genders, and, you know, of all the human differences. So as a leader, that we must be able to, um, to have that awareness, to tune into those human differences, and in order to build some um, authentic relationships. Now, um, the leaders must be able to move in many circles and think in different styles 
and then and then be able to adapt to those differences. Um, so some of those, some of the um, the most common challenges that leaders face is to engage and motivate their teams. And so when team members, um, very often the leaders share with me that they're experiencing burnout or lack of motivation, or they're disengaged, um, or they're, they're, they're simply frustrated about something. And when you look deeper and dig deeper, and what the many leaders didn't expect is that those issues often have to do with face. And then they, they may not actually say things like, oh, I lost face in those situations. A lot of times you will hear people say something like, my boss didn't appreciate my work, or people don't take my work seriously. Um, I'm not being heard, or I don't feel like I fit in. Um, or I've, I've been passed over for promotions, even though I've been working so hard. You've heard a lot of those kind of expressions, and then people either check out or they leave. So then leaders need to pay attention to those signals and uh, engage their people. You know, uh, if you, when you think about, um, uh, uh, you know, the way that we, we operate, uh, I've noticed that and I've learned leaders very often, they actually operate on autopilot. What I mean by that is that, you know, when, uh, when we work with people with a diverse backgrounds, different background from us, that whether they're virtual, like the way we are right now, right? Every day we, um, we, we, uh, we communicate with people using technologies or we're even with people who sit right next to us that we can't assume everybody's the same as us, okay? And then but a lot of times that we are so busy that we tend to operate like autopilot. And so we say things, we operate, we make assumptions based on our own cultural background, and also our own frame of reference. And, you know, this could be dangerous. Imagine that, you know, if you are driving in a foreign country, right? And we don't really know where we're going. Sometimes we don't really know the signs. We, we don't, we don't, we're not familiar with surroundings. And sometimes even we're um, driving on the wrong side or the opposite side of the road, right? And, and if we are not paying attention, if we're on the autopilot, what happens? We can get lost or worse, we can crash and burn. Right? So now this is something that sometimes leaders don't think about is that when we work with people who are different from us, that the differences may not be that obvious, but if we're not paying attention, we continue to operate in our autopilot that we can actually crash and burn. So it's almost like learning how to drive when we face different audience, different team members, and when we work with people with different backgrounds. Hmm. What do you mean by honoring face, losing face, and saving face? You know, um, so there are three key concepts. The first concept is um, honoring face. The second one is losing face, which we want to avoid. And the third concept is saving face. So now um, I'm going to step back and then think about face as a type of social currency, okay? And imagine how we build a supply of face with someone or with a, a people, and then by continuously making deposit into the bank account of face, 
And you know, you can think of it as continue to build trust, credibility, and relationships. Okay. So now honoring face is the first con first concept. It's about making actual deposit of face by um, taking actions to show respect, to show admiration, and also dignity to one or more people. Okay. And so um, there are many different ways that we can do that to honor someone's face. Um, number you can you can you know, ask somebody for input, listen to them. Those are simple ways to honor face, right? To um, give people positive recognition and then to empathize with them. Or put yourself in their position to understand their challenges. Um, or give their voice equal time and weight so that you, treat, you give people equal time and weight when in, a, in a group setting to make sure that they are being heard and they being, feel valued and appreciated. Um, and then, so when we make those deposits every day, right? At, at different situations and scenarios. And when we need to make a withdrawal someday, you know, we are careful not to make someone losing face. And then we provide feedback in a way that save face and preserve dignity. And if we mistakenly cause them to lose face and the relationship can still be saved if there are enough deposits to cover the withdrawal. Maya, can you give us a real life example about what that looks like? So um, a client of mine shared a, uh, a story with me and that's happening uh, with a, a team member of his that is from a different cultural background. And uh, this, this team leader, send an email to his team member and asking him to, um, to accomplish certain tasks by a certain day. And he received an email reply from this team member. And first of all, this team member is um, from a different cultural background. Also, English is not his native language. So the, the reply email has only two words, no way. <laughs> so the, the, the leader was, well, not pleasantly surprised. He was actually quite upset when he got this email. <laughs> and so immediately he, what went through his mind was that, well, this is so rude. Well, I'm your boss. I'd ask you to do something. How, how, come, how can you say no way and without any explanation? And that is just unacceptable. So he immediately started typing a very angry email reply back to that person. But then as he was typing, he sit back and re 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 kind of read this email again, and then he realized that, well, wait a minute, I I have worked with this man, this person for about a year, and he has always been responsive, courteous, hardworking, and and respectful. So why would he write an email saying no way to me? What well, it must be a good reason. And so instead of sending this angry email, he decided to pick up a phone and talk to this person. So then he pick up a phone and ask, well, I'm just wondering about this email reply that about this task I asked you to do, why did you say no way? And this team member respond uh, by saying that, well, you know, um, this, the, the deadline that you gave me, that week I have two other deadlines. And so there, there, it's very difficult for me to actually accomplish all of them. So, and then he went on and explained two other tasks that he had to do that same week. And then um, 
so he apologized and then he he and then so the leader said well okay no problem we can we can uh, modify the deadline um but why did you say no way and that <laughs> seemed seemed really uh, you know uh, uh, uh impolite and then this person say well you know what i'm watching all the american movies and tv and they use this way no way all the time and then also i wanted to learn how to be more direct uh, in my communication so i thought that's i want to talk like americans that's why i use the word no way and he had no idea that this was offensive so uh, being a leader that sometimes we don't double check and then we if if he continue to uh, to operate on autopilot he would have sent this angry email over to this team member and caused uh, uh, the other person to lose face and embarrassed and feel feel terrible about it this may actually damage the relationship instead he step back and say wait a minute i i got to find out more about what's really going on and then so he he got off the autopilot and figured out what really is happening so i have you know in my years of experience of working with uh, global leaders and uh, have lots of examples in my my book saving face and this is something that we can learn sometimes we can cause somebody to lose face we don't even know it and then so don't run on your autopilot stop pause and think about it before you act yeah as i was listening to that story i was imagining myself in the shoes of the employee if i were working in, if i were a, an expat working in a different uh country or culture but also even just in my day-to-day -day work, sometimes you get into situations where you're trying to, you know, m maybe I'm talking with someone who's just from a very different background, and so I'm trying to understand them, and maybe there's something I thought we had in common, and I'll use a phrase or something, <laughs> because I think it makes us relate better, and it just doesn't come off well, and, um, you know, they're hearing it through a different set of lenses. Uh, okay, just yes. mix my metaphors there, but they're, they're getting it, it's getting muffled somehow. And it's just so helpful when we can not assume or at least assume the best intent and maybe just pick up the phone and ask, ask them about it instead of just jumping to a conclusion, well, this person's insensitive or a jerk. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, we all are guilty of sometimes overusing email because it's so easy and quick, right? But a lot of times that miscommunication, misunderstanding happen because email is it's a faceless medium that... People can misread it, and uh, and then the, it can come across as impolite or or even rude. And so, you know, to save time and also to to make sure that we don't uh, create any kind of uh, unnecessary conflict, pick up the phone, um, and or text somebody, and then to connect in person. That often can help you um, eliminate a lot of those uh, potential conflict or headache. You know, I know we were planning on talking about psychological safety, but I wonder if we could save that for the follow-up conversation. I think that has some aspects that, that go along with feedback. And I wonder if this might be a good time to ask you about cultural agility. How is how is how does cultural agility affect face? So that um, is a, that's a great question, uh, Jesse, that cultural agility is some, something that um, many leaders have to work with. And in order to uh, work effectively across cultures, and then when we think about culture, it's not just national culture. 
like U.S. versus Japan versus Germany. It goes beyond that. It can be、um, a generational culture. When we work with people from different generations, when we work with people that actually live in different part of the country, that they may have a different regional culture. So,、um, how can leader be、um, be adaptable and flexible when we when we work with people, and then to avoid some of the the、uh, you know, unnecessary you know misunderstanding is that to actually think about. You know, how, what are some of the things that we do that we we need to continue to be、um, mindful about, and not to make assumptions or draw conclusion too quickly, right? And then, so in my book, I talk about this triple A model that can actually help us、um, avoid some of those mistakes. So the triple A、uh, stand for number one is be aware, be aware of your own assumptions. Aware of your own、um, uh, beliefs, and also be aware of your own bias, because nobody is bias-free. So be have that self-awareness. And I often like to use the metaphor. It's called a human antenna, right? So imagine that、um, in old days we have those you know old-fashioned radio stations, radios, and then when we pull the antenna up, then we can hear things more clearly. But when we don't have an antenna down,、uh, up, then sometimes a lot of statics. So, if we are,、um, uh, we can always raise our human antenna to be aware of the signals that we're sending out, and also to be aware of how other people are feeling and reacting, and their frame of reference, and also their situations. And that's the first step: is to have that awareness. And the second step, the second A, is acquire. And so, to acquire information from the other person about what's really happening, be curious and uh, uh, and, and ask questions and、uh, try to understand the situation they're facing. So, acquire is really about seek to understand and you know、um, uh, being empathetic. And then the third A is adapt. So then, once you Have those information, and then uh, um, you understand what's happening from their point of view. Then you can adapt your behavior, your actions、um, to solve the problem or to、um, to resolve the situation. So that's the the, the triple A model. It's very simple, and but it's necessarily not necessarily easy to do.、Uh, is that aware, acquire, and adapt. You know,、uh, one of the example, one of the、uh, common things that many the leaders that I work with、um, are, are tend to uh, uh, run into is that they they don't realize that something that can be completely acceptable in your cultural or your your community, your the way that you you're used to, but then can be completely acceptable in, in the way that your frame of reference, but can be offensive in another. Setting, and vice versa. So,、um, as simple as using slangs and idioms, right?、Um, clients have told me things like they would say, they would use a lot of those things in their in their、um, video or auto,、uh, in the conference calls.、Um, one time, a client said something about, "Oh, you know what?、Uh, Jeff is not available. He's tied up right now." <laughs> and people from、uh, the other end. Uh, were, were surprised and scratching their head and saying, 
he's tied up right now. What happened to him? Right? What's going on? <laughs> or we say things like, oh, well, we're, um, it's, it's a piece of cake, or we're all on the same boat. Um, or a lot of sports-related phrases, like let's touch base, or let's get the ball rolling, or catch 22. Those are simply not universal uh, expressions. So we do have to be careful and be aware of how we communicate, how we come across. And uh, recently, uh, uh, recently a, a, a client of mine, uh, I was working with the executive team, and um, uh, it's a multicultural group. And um, they all came from a different backgrounds now in different countries. One of the um, team members uh, made a comment about the other leader of um, saying that, oh, you know what, you're, 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 you're old, you're getting, you're fat. And everybody was horrified by that comment. And then so they, 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 were, they, they thought, well, how can you be so insensitive of saying something like this? But then not knowing that this person is actually from Asia and making the comment that they, they acquire where was she coming from. And uh, then one person actually was curious about asking her, why did you make those comments? Isn't this uh, offensive? And then she said, no, no, no. In Asian culture, that when we comment on somebody being old, it has a lot to do with that because we believe that seniority, and so the, the, the older person usually is, is being, is, we, we grant them respect. So then they have, they're more wise. Um, so then when, when we say somebody's old, it's actually a compliment. And then when we comment on somebody being, um, gaining some weight, it's usually it's, it's to compliment them for like, they, they look healthy and they look well because that, that's, that's how the culture works. And so once they acquired those, uh, those, those, the story behind her comment, and everybody just had a good laugh. And then, <laughs> then they share with her that this is actually not how Western cultural perceive or interpret, interpret those comments. And then so she also learned a big lesson about, oh, those could, can really offend somebody if I'm not careful. So those kind of conversation is really helpful for, for, uh, for people to work together to, and, and so that goes back to cultural agility is that you don't want to cause somebody to lose face by unintentionally saying or doing something that you with the best intention. So it's always good to double check, to acquire information and adapt your behaviors. That, that first topic, aware, um, what do you, how do you help leaders develop that awareness? Are there any resources that you point someone to to become, have, have greater awareness of their biases? Absolutely. There are, um, you know, uh, many ways that we can actually raise that awareness. I think uh, one of the uh, good way is to simply asking for feedback and, you know, ask your colleagues, your friends, and uh, the people you work with that to provide you with some feedback to help you um, understand how you're being perceived. And uh, that way, you know, it's like holding a mural in front of you. And also, you'll be able to look at, identify some of the blind spots that you may have. And uh, you may have the best intention, but you can cause somebody to lose face or damage the relationship. You're not, you don't even know it. So asking for feedback is very, very helpful, and it's an easy way to uh, 
um, to actually get that information quickly. And um, there are a lot of assessment tools that we use uh, for my cultural training or leadership development um, that, that can really help you um, know yourself and raise that self-awareness. Recently, I, um, I, I would recommend um, um, you know, assessment tools such as, such as a global competency inventory um, or some other tools that are out there that, that many of them are very effective. This is probably a good time to just ask you to tell us how can listeners find out more about you and your work and you know, get, learn about some of those assessment tools that you offer. Absolutely. So you can go to my website, www.mayahuchan.com. It's my name, M-A-Y-A-H-U-C-H-A-N.com. And it has um, lots of information in the website, um, articles and assessment tools or recommendations, and also the services that um, I provide for clients, um, uh, particularly has to do with leadership development, executive coaching, and speaking. All right, Engagers, that wraps up this episode. The book, again, is Saving Face, How to Preserve Dignity and Build Trust. And we will put links to the book as well as to Maya's website, mayahuchan.com, to her LinkedIn profile and her Twitter profile. We'll put all those on our show notes for this episode, which you can get at our website at engagingleader.com. This is a production of Workforce Communication. We are a team of consultants and creatives using the power of communication to help organizations enhance the well-being and performance of their people. My colleagues and I partner with mid-sides and large employers to attract top talent, fully engage employees, and achieve superior business results. In several areas, including employer branding, talent management, wellness, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at workforcecommunication.com. Our thanks to Betsy Leahy, our production assistant, Jamie Barnes, Tom Hitchcock, and Jenny Kalenda from our social media team, JJ Leahy from our video and graphic design team, and Rick Tarrant, our announcer. Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers. <laughs>